You got to cut down that uh, three pack a day uh, habit, kid. Hey, it was FS for LS or whatever. I took it seriously. <laughs> you, think, you think I don't listen? Careful That's the right. things you play on the air. Children That's will listen. Right. Pod Sounds, the podcast that broke down the Beach Boys' seminal album Pet Sounds and has recently been vindicated in doing so. I'm Cecilia. <laughs> and I'm Gil. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> we are officially finished with season one, as you may know, but a couple weeks ago, something happened that I knew we could not let slip by without talking about. Rolling Stone magazine, ever heard of it, has re-released its famous 500 greatest songs of all time list. If you were following it last summer, it sort of revamped the 500 greatest albums. And so this year, I guess they decided to make their project redoing the greatest songs. They said that they were redoing them from scratch, but given how many songs from the original list retained, let's say like the ballpark of where they used to be on the list. It wasn't really from scratch. I, I have a hard time believing it was entirely from scratch. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And uh, clearly there are certain issues or sort of uh, thematic ideas that have taken hold um, that are very much of our time. But, um, and, and so that, that kind of explains those shifts in my opinion. Um, I also, I, I, you know, kind of for the first time looking at this kind of thing, I would argue that they need to retitle the thing. It's not the 500 greatest songs of all time, but the 500 greatest recordings of all time. Yeah. Um, because we're really not talking about the songs themselves, but rather the artists, the recording artists versions of those songs. Yeah. We're not talking about the compositions. Right. Although, to their credit, the uh, songwriters get uh, get uh, get their uh, props in the uh, in the list, but get their get mentioned, and I think the producers do as well, which then so, speaks to the recording. Yes, but um, yeah, it's an interesting list, and uh, um, you can tell that they want to acknowledge um, newer forms, right? Newer uh, newer genres, newer um, movements. Right. And, uh, and so that's good. And just kind of recognizing that things are, things are uh, dramatically different um, music wise. And uh, there you go. So good for them. Right. And uh, it's always, always interesting to see these things, but there are quibbles to be quibbled needless to say. As always, as always. That's and what I thought, I thought the issue that you were going to take was not the greatest songs, but the all time. As we were talking about off air, 
as you were saying, this is a snapshot in time. The order of, of songs or of recordings on this list represents what we care about right now, as the right. original list did back in 2004. Right. Right. And yeah. And, and so like what really tip, tipped me, not ticked me, but tipped me off to the slant that they were taking here is number 21, Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. Now, Ooh. I have I have no objection to that being that song being on any list um, and, and pretty much on, on, on anybody's list any time. But the, when you read the description of, of it, it was mentioned that, oh, well, that's because Audra Day sang it in the uh, recent film, The United States versus Billie Holiday. So it's like, you didn't know about this song before that film, right? It wasn't, it wasn't of, of import before that, uh, that film, right? So it's, it's very much in the moment. And uh, um, it just seems, oh, well, now that we know about this song, we got to include it. Um, and it- Sure, you know, awareness and is, and we're, and we're, Right, and we're really talking about the greatest rock, R&B, rap, you know, whatever, you know, kind of song. Yeah, hip-hop because, yeah. because, you know, let's face it, if we're talking about the greatest songs of all time, right, then we need to include a song or two by a Cole Porter or a George, George and Ira Gershwin, or uh, an Irving Berlin. I'm sorry, right? Maybe they're four, four ninety nine, or and five hundred, but they've got to be on this list. Right. Um, so, but as we will soon, well, I won't, I won't say what I'm going to say. I, I'll, I'll wait. I'm, I'm going to pause now, so you can do more introduction or whatever you want to do. Following up with what you were saying about the song that sort of clued you in, I suppose. The one that let me know how much the times they had changed was <laughs> Royals by Lord. Now, I love Lord, and anyone who knows me knows that. I really, I mean, I, I liked that first album that Royals comes from, Pure Heroine, but I really got into her when Melodrama came out in 2017. I really vibed with that album. It really spoke to me on a spiritual level, and I really became a fan of her as a crafter of songs at that point. And she doesn't write her songs entirely on her own, um, but she usually only has one or two at most other songwriters with her. She's very much an auteur, I suppose. Uh, so I, I really like her style. I like the way, honestly, that she's willing to embrace changing styles. This new album of hers that she just released, Solar Power, is of a very different bent to melodrama, which was of a very different bent to pure heroine. So she's not afraid to redefine her image, to reshape herself in accordance with her current values, much like this list. And, but I mean, Royals was huge and it was everywhere at the time in like late 2013, early 2014. And I hardly ever listened to it for that reason. The point is the cultural impact that the song made at the time and I mean, what an impact. So I was, and I am not sure that I would have placed it, I, although I agree that the song is important, I'm not sure that I would have placed it all the way up at number 30, which is nearly halfway up the top 50. So. Right. Yeah, my my tip-off was, besides Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit, is number three, Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. Because mm. clearly, clearly, 
with, you know, and we haven't uh, done the list yet. And maybe we need to kind of read down the, you know, count, do the countdown first. Yeah. But there's clearly a uh, bias towards social protest songs, right? Um, yeah, so Sam Cooke, a, a change is going to come, clearly underscores the social protest um, bent of this list, right? And that is reflecting the... The, the the social awareness and social movements of this time, Black Lives Matter and uh, and Times Up and and stuff like that. So um, the fact that um, like once again, kind of like the Lord situation you just mentioned, I don't think a change is going to come as Sam Cooke's best song. Um, right. But but that's it's obviously here. everybody loves to cha cha cha. Don't don't I I I can make a case, but I won't right now. But I there's much to be said for that. Um, but uh, it's 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 here because this is what, and I, I think it's also that you know one night in Miami movie, right? So yeah, uh, I mean there there are all sorts of things that are oh well we now know about this or this is at a new uh, level of awareness. So let's, let's plug it, right? Let's, cause this is what we want music to do. We want music to change the world. Um, and which is fine. Right. Um, but it's, 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 you know, I, it's, it's a snapshot, right? You're as, as you yeah. said, I said, right. This is, this is very 2021, which is what it's supposed to be. Right. And in 30 years, it's going to be uh, very different again, probably. Although there will be. I mean, I, I have to. Um, they could have started afresh. I mean, indeed, uh, you know, kind of. Been, and I see why you're saying perhaps they didn't. But, you know, certain songs are going to keep up at the top. Right. They're going to, you know, they're going to be there. Yeah. Um, if, in Regardless. fact, they're as good as anybody, has, as everybody has said they have been. So or they are. Um, but there's a there's a line from one of my favorite bands, The Beautiful South, and they're, they have a 2000, uh, 2000 album entitled Paint It Red. And the opening track is called Who's Gonna. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Who's Gonna Tell? And the, there's a line that says you were great in the 60s, but now we're going to have to pull you down. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Right. Um, that's a good line that that's what, yeah, that that's what, uh, this is about. It's about, okay, let's, let's reconfigure and let's, let's remember times have changed. Lots of music has been recorded since then. So let's give that them their, their due, right? Let's give these other artists their due and these new movements their due. And that's, that's correct. But then there's also a sense of, well, you know, a day in the life, yeah, it may have been kind of uh, a a dramatic and and uh, remarkable song in 1967, and not so much anymore. Now, the problem with that idea is, well, it may not seem groundbreaking now because so many people do so many different things like it, or with the same sort of we're breaking breaking all sorts of rules. But at the time, that no one would you know you wouldn't have bohemian rhapsody if you didn't have a day in the life right, right. So you wouldn't have these kind of or and you wouldn't have a, a day in the life if you didn't have uh, like a rolling stone so but there you go i don't yeah uh, and well not, it's because our cultural perspective has been sh so shaped by those things that now they strike us as normal whereas at right. the time they struck us as revolutionary right that's exactly what i thought when i saw 
it happened one night, I think it was, for the first time. Because it's yes. the, oh, like, love interests who start out hating each other. That's so commonplace now that I watched this movie and I thought, what's so special about it? But at right. the time, no one had ever seen anything like that. That was not a, a popular plot device. But then it became the norm or the standard. Right. Because of the popularity and success and brilliance of it happened one night. And you know what did? That's Clark Gable, right? At Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. And Claudette Colbert, yeah. It did kind of make me like Clark Gable. As opposed <laughs> to not? certain other films where I didn't <laughs> like him so much. Well, that's because he never took off his shirt in uh, Gone with the Wind. So, <laughs> I don't think that's why I liked him and it happened one Oh, night. okay. All right. It's... That's why I did. And so, I yeah. think he just seemed like a better person. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Anyway. Okay, so should we but should we hit three the list? Of the, yes, yes, we will. But I just I will say three uh, in response to the beautiful South. Three of the new top five songs are still from the sixties. That's true. Which That's brings true. me to the main point of this episode, which is that God only knows our favorite Baroque pop ballad, having been situated before at a very respectable number twenty five has jumped up 14 spots to land at number 11. It almost oh. cracks the top 10. There you go. Number 11 on the 500 greatest songs list. When and I read this, I jumped up and started dancing. It felt like a personal victory. And I must say, <laughs> I think we are to be congratulated. That's right. So if there are any uh, any of the uh, um, what selectors, I don't know, the, the voters, whoever, whoever put this together, this list, if any of you actually listened. Yeah, it's contributors. There you go. If any <laughs> of you actually listen to this podcast, hey, let us know and you can come on the podcast now, too. So, yeah. Give us a shout out. We'd love to host you. Yeah, because in the previous episode, in the sorry, in the previous list, I believe God only knows wasn't even the highest. Uh, Beach Boys number, correct? I think I you're right. I believe, believe that was. That you're uh, right. I, I think don't it was remember. Good vibrations. The particulars. I, I think, think it was. Yes. And now, Good Vibrations is at number fifty-three, so it's not even in the top fifty. Right. Although not that far afield. Yes, but it does. It does suggest. And if you go back and listen to our take on these two songs, I think you'll see that we kind of consider God Only Knows a far more interesting song, both uh, maybe not maybe not musically, but certainly lyrically compared to Good Vibrations. Um, and that could be the difference between, and let's just say it right now, the difference between Tony Asher and Mike Love. Well, and it also goes to show that when Tony Asher is on, he's really on. True. As opposed to, I just wasn't made for these times. That's that's true. Things. That's true. So many things. What if we said something <laughs> else about things? But anyway, since God only knows is number eleven, let's work our way up from number ten then. Okay. Number ten, and once again, I mean, I was referencing the old list as recently as early episodes of this podcast and I did not preserve the old list in any way. So I 
don't remember exactly how many things have changed and to what degree. But certainly, number 10 experienced very much of a glow up. Hey Ya by Outcast. Um, yes. I, actually, I have the uh, old list. I have the 2004 and 2010 oh. list were exactly the same. They were exactly the same. Um, and number 10 um, there was Ray Charles from 1959. What did I say? So oh, Okay. That, and see, that's much more of an, I mean, it's a very good song, and it's very much an old guard choice. Yes. So I've got, I've got, no problem with uh, Hey Ya in number 10. Yeah, me neither. Is it in four? Is it in 11? Who knows? It's so good. <laughs> right. And it also gave us the phrase, shake it like a Polaroid picture, much to the chagrin of Polaroid, <laughs> who had to outright say, please do not shake a Polaroid picture. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for it. And in fact, it damages the picture. So don't actually do that. Nine, Dreams, Fleetwood Mac. This, I think, is a bit controversial. I would agree. I don't. I don't get it. I must admit. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a Fleetwood Mac fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But it's. It's. That's not. That's, in my opinion, not even the best uh, Fleetwood Mac song. Exactly. Like um, I wouldn't even object to putting a Fleetwood Mac song, a song from Rumors, no less, in the top ten. But it wouldn't be this. Yeah, but but I feel like there's much more of an attack. I, I feel like a lot of people are really attached to this song for some reason in a way that I am not. And I mean, let me put it this way. One of the things that I think makes Rumors such an extraordinary album is that the sentiments that the artists express on it can reach you even if you have never been in that situation. Even if you have never had a particularly acrimonious breakup even if you've never known that kind of heartbreak, the songs can can speak to you and can tap into that part of you that would still respond to that kind of emotion, even if you've never had firsthand access to that emotion. But like a song that hits me much more on that level is Christine McVie's Songbird. That song yep. brings tears to my eyes every time. Yep. And I would I would argue that uh, Stevie Nicks, who wrote uh, Dreams, is probably the third best songwriter in Fleetwood Mac, right? You know, so yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I could probably agree there with you that. Go. Yeah. So uh, and I and I mean I should also to note my personal biases. Christine is my favorite Fleetwood Mac member overall, my favorite songwriter and my favorite person because she seems nice. <laughs> she seems like someone you would actually want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think clearly the uh, you know kind of the the and maybe I maybe I don't know, but my sense the nicest person in Fleetwood Mac is probably Mick Fleetwood, but um, I may be wrong on that. But he just he always well he he takes the 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 nicest pictures, as in that's a guy that you wouldn't mind just sitting around having a beer with. Sure, just grabbing a beer, beer with him. Yeah, right. We should so, make but... him president. Want to get a beer with him? <laughs> Number eight. Number eight, Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. I did hear a parody of this song, or it wasn't even a parody. It was just, it was one of those like misheard lyrics things where then okay. you hear the lyric, like you see it written a certain way. 
you hear the lyric and then you can't unhear that phrase, even though you know that's not what the lyric is saying. Right. And the lyric was, get your free cone, like ice cream cone. <laughs> so now I hear, get your free cone. Wow. Okay. And now, now I want an ice cream. Now, yeah. I, okay. Now I'm ready. Yeah. I have, exactly. I, I, yeah, this would be one of those. Uh, and this is, you know, coming from an almost 60 year old man. This is where I'm just going to have, I acknowledge my ignorance here. And so I'm not going to object to Missy Elliott's get your freak on in the, uh, in the list, just because I have no argument against it. Cause I just don't know enough, but it makes sense if we're, if we're trying to expand the list and be more current. So I'm on board. Sure. I like Missy Elliott a lot. I love her energy. I love, she's great on Instagram. Um, okay. but I, I will admit that my exposure to her music is more her featuring on other artists' tracks as opposed to her catalog in her own right. Okay. So that's some self-education that I can continue to do. Number seven. Number seven. The Beatles. The Beatles Strawberry, Strawberry Fields, Fields forever. forever. Yes. And now, where was this song on the original list? Um, it was not the uh um on the 2004-2010 list the beatles were at number eight with hey jude really um, and so yes so hey jude was uh number eight no strawberry fields forever okay and john lennon john lennon was also on that uh those earlier lists at number three with imagine so okay well, and now here is an interesting point, maybe could spark a discussion of highbrow versus lowbrow. Because like Strawberry Fields Forever is a very sophisticated recording. It's a sophisticated song too, like composition, but it's right. particularly noted for the sophistication and difficulty of its recording process. And Hey Jude is a song that everyone scream sings all the time. Right. That, that so, could be. Yes. Which and, one is a quote unquote better song and really who's to say? Right. And maybe this is the acknowledgement that, okay, if we're going to, if we want to or have to or feel like we need to um, have something from the Sgt. Pepper era mm -hmm. Beatles on the list, then let's acknowledge that um, as game changing as A Day in the Life was. Maybe that's not nearly as interesting and intricate and uh, groundbreaking as this, as Strawberry sure. Fields Forever. So, yeah, I can or may see it. Maybe it's slightly overrated. Maybe it gets too much attention as opposed to Strawberry Fields gets too little. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Although, as I did say, my choice from the Sgt. Pepper slash Magical Mystery Tour era would be Your Mother Should Know. <laughs> Great song. Even your mother can sing it. Even your mother's mother can sing it. Oh, great. Well, now we're going to get letters. Okay. Um, so, number six. Where's my water buffalo? Why That's don't it. I have a water buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> number Only six. Tales kids will get that That's one. Number six. number six. Number six. Marvin Gaye. What's, what's going on? And this now, makes perfect the... sense because the album... Uh, which takes its title from the song, now sits at number one on the 500 albums list. 
Okay. And so we're in way. a we're in a Marvin Gaye moment, and right. I am not objecting. <laughs> and it's even though it was at a, it was on the previous list at number four though, so it has dropped. Oh, um, what's going on from number four to uh, number six? To number so six. not not significantly, but it also I think uh, is a lead in to what's coming. Right. Um, yeah. And the, the top three songs. But uh, but it was there before. It's just dropped a little. Um, and uh, so you can't really you can't really say, oh, it's 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 not being respected. But right. Yeah. I, it's still in the top 10. Yes. And they said we need a couple white people in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to number five. Smells like Teen Spirit. (laughs) And there, I think it's funny because we talked about Paul Anka. That's (laughs) Rock Swings. Rock Swings. It's a great album, I tell you. Um, But uh, and um, there's uh, you know uh, you you don't have anybody complaining about the picture when they were little being naked in a pool, right? So uh, from Rock Swings, as opposed to um that is true the nirvana I thought that was very so, funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> that whole incident i would think you'd say you kind of be proud of that fact you know it's like hey look at that that's yeah me. i'm that kid yeah but uh, the, but there you go um, the person who was the baby's face on the sun in teletubbies do that recently like not complain about it but like say this is me i feel like Oh, I didn't know that. that. But that, I, I, real quickly, if it were me, I'd make sure everybody knew. I'd have <laughs> that on the top. That's going on the resume, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that'd be at the top of the resume. That's yeah. me, you know. Um, so anyway, but here, this is clearly a recognition of the importance of of uh, grunge and yes. the influence, and you know that it had on pretty much music afterwards. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. So um, makes sense. I don't know. I don't know the album. I'll be honest. I don't know if this is the best song on the album or anything like that. But certainly it was the most popular one. And uh, I still uh, like you. Uh, I still like Paul Anka's version better. But um, well, and it's really me, no like you, because I also have very. <laughs> Uh, limited familiarity with Nirvana, largely because of the household I grew up in. And some some of my musical interests branched off and, and veered and swayed, but I've never really felt a, a compulsion, I suppose, to seek out a lot of that genre because I was, I was never exposed to it and I just got to like other things and I didn't really care. Right. But... It's undeniably influential. And it's also a nice homage to Kurt. Yes. And it could be the best uh, song that mentions deodorant. Mm. Right. I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of others I know, and I'm well, coming up with nothing. Not, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, it's not a song, but it's an album uh, cover. You have the Who Sells Out, where you've got, I think it's, I think it's Pete Townsend. Mm. Um, putting on uh underarm deodorant uh, like but a really big like a really big one yeah it's like uh, a 
prop sized one. But anyway, okay. Um, and it is the Who sellout, by the way, because oh, okay. in Britain, band names are plural. There you go. Okay. Same thing, like with like collective nouns are always plural there, as opposed to in the United States, they're largely singular. See, look at that. Like my my, fam- my family do this, as opposed to my family does this. Does this? Ah, okay. So there you go. I now go back and forth because I know so many people <laughs> in both places. I was raised in the United States, but I now am more associated, more of the English speakers I associate with here are from England. And it gets very confusing sometimes. The whole point is just to be <laughs> consistent in whatever it is you're doing. Right. But you have to be consistent uh, depending on your audience, clearly. Right. So no, you got to okay. know who you're talking to. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, number All right. four. Number four in a delicious twist of irony, like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, in the previous two lists, it was number one. Yes. And I just find it ironic that a song about being knocked off the top should be knocked off the knocked top. Knocked off the top. There you go. Um, and uh, but here, I think this is this demotion, quote unquote, is simply because um, of what has taken the top three spots. Yes. Yeah. Right. So uh, still a great song, still a groundbreaking song, um, but it's not, it's not the kind of song that is going to do the things that this list, the 2021 list, wants songs to do. All right, number three on the new list, Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. We sort of mentioned that Which already. We talked about, yeah. And... In the old list, um, number three was John Lennon's Imagine. I have a controversial take about that song. Okay, let's hear it. I think, and I have all the love in the world for the songwriter. I think Imagine is boring. There you I go. think well, it's certain, just not yeah. a very interesting song. And maybe the point is, peace is not interesting. <laughs> Right. And I think that it's no longer even in the top 10 because it's, although it's, it's imagining a better world, it's not fighting for it. Right. Right. So um, Sam Cooke, a change is going to come. There's this, you know, and we're going to get there. That's right. We're going, a change is going to come and we're going to make it happen. And it's not just about, um, thinking about, wow, isn't it going to be great when that change happens? It's about making it happen as yeah. the, uh, the, the next two, the top two songs are going to be as well. But well to get back to yeah. number four, to get back to number four, like a Rolling Stone, it's a great song. It's a great rock song. It's a, it's, it's fascinating lyrically and, and uh, character wise and all this other, it's a great character. And it's um, really fascinating. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's a, you know it's a great uh, character description or you know kind of you 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 know whom he's talking about even if you have no idea even if you don't about. <laughs> yeah right you know but you know that you you know that person and so it's 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 a it's it's brilliant on on many levels but it's it's not about changing things about making things better it's a personal. Personal from a guy attack. who wrote songs about changing things. 
<laughs> right. But they just yes. weren't quite as good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I should also say that Like a Rolling Stone is fascinating musically. If you ever listen to the breakdown, like the master takes of the piano and the guitar and the organ and the drums, like, which I had not thought to do until relatively recently. It's so cool. It is so cool. (laughs) And you're like, who's musically, who's the hero of this song? You don't even know. It's like every, everyone is just at the top of their game. And so that really, and that goes for that whole album. But it, but it goes to show. Yep. But this, that, I mean, I think the switch from one to four very much defines this list, right? That, that, that shift, um, mm. as we will see with that. Okay, so Sam Cooke, a change yeah. is going to come. Number two. Public Enemy. Public, and once again, I think this is... Um, just like uh, Nirvana at number five, uh, a recognition that things have uh, things have changed musically, right? That uh, um, and so looking at the old list, right? We don't have Chuck Berry, Johnny B. Good. Um, we don't have Ray Charles. Uh, what did I say? We don't have the Stones. I can't get no satisfaction. Um, instead, Was that we have two? yes. Okay, um, yeah. So we have we have fight the power, which one a recognition that music has changed since 1965, right? right? And and new things have developed, but also this is what this is what Rolling Stone contributors want music to be doing. Yeah, and again, active. Right. Yes. Promoting activity and like I took a history of hip hop course in college, and. I don't think we even talked about this song as much as, say, The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, which is also somewhere on this list. I don't remember where. But anyway, this is this is a good choice for number two. Okay. And the number one, um, what, greatest songs of all time, uh, 2021 Rolling Stone list. Greatest of the greatest. Aretha respect. Franklin's Respect which was uh, on the old list at number five. Okay. Um, so it's, it's jumped up, uh, jumped up four spots, but once it again, has ascended. It, right. And I think it's because of the, uh, the movements that are happening now. Um, and, uh, and this is what, and also two, uh, two films about Aretha. Um, I say there's you know, a biopic just coming out. Yes. And then there was a genius, a genius series, um, about Aretha as well. That was oh, right. uh, last year or the year before. So, and I think just last year. So it's so she's she's very au courant, and uh, and rightly so. And yeah. it's a great song. But this is where um, why why don't we have Otis Redding's R E S P C T right? Right. Uh, um, well, and he and is acknowledged. Is where, you know, he is yes, credited. Right. Oh yes, but but this is where it's not the song, it's the recording, right? So Right. And the meaning that she lent to the song. Yes. Oh right. As yeah. as performer, as singer. And, and that's I, why I think this is such an excellent replacement for like a Rolling Stone, which is about a guy putting a girl down. And it is a better recording. Yeah, very than, much of uh, the moment. <laughs> it's a really good recording. Yeah. Right. And I mean it's a better recording than Otis Reddings. 
So yes. like I like hers better. So, uh, but anyway, so. Uh, yes. And it's Sam just achieved Cook. a status and a prominence that. Yes. Reddings did not. Right. And so a change is going to come. Number three, fight the power. Number two, respect. Um, number one, there's a clear, right? There's a clear, this is what we want our music to do in 2021. Right. And uh, perfectly legit, um, as opposed to like a Rolling Stone at number one, I can't get no satisfaction. Number two, imagine number three. Things, th things, things have changed. Things have indeed changed. Sam Cooke was right. A change, a change did come. Yes, but, uh, and 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 hopefully more changes will continue to come. Yes, definitely. Um, There's some good momentum going. Any other moments from the list that you want to shout out? That's what. Because uh, um... I have one that I can start with. Okay, go. Twenty-six. Joni Mitchell, A Case of You. I, it's, it's a bit, once again, I wouldn't call it her best song, but I also am incredibly partial to Cord and Spark. So, but even Cord and Spark, I don't think that any one song is her strongest song overall. It's just such a cohesive statement as an album. It does something that I think very few albums can do or have done. But anyway, right. A Case of You is a great song because it showcases her voice so well. It's so stream of, like, there are rhymes, but, and one of the things that I love about her phrasing in general is that there are rhymes, but she doesn't act like them. She's just singing as if she's speaking. She doesn't okay. record, yeah. okay, and then this is the same beat in every measure or so. Right. It's, I'm just going to, some of these words are going to rhyme, but they almost feel like internal rhymes or it, it doesn't really matter because she's just, what matters is that she's expressing the emotion. And then the title, which is that if you don't know the song, if you don't know the lyrics, your natural assumption, I think or a lot of people's natural assumption anyway, is that a case is a reference to like an illness, a disease. Like I have a case of you. Okay. But the lyric that rounds out every chorus is I could drink a case of you and still I'd be on my feet. So uh, it, it's a song about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song about wanting to be close to someone in a way that feels intoxicating and inebriating and someone having that effect on you. And you don't know that that is not revealed to you until you listen to the song. Yeah. And is the is the song because that you know that kind of uh, punning is very much you know uh, great American songbooky right? Sure. Uh, does she ever kind of use case in a different way mm. in like any of the any of the um, lyrics or any of the refrains or anything like that? So the, is is a case of you ever um, a disease or a suitcase of you or whatever? Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't so. I'm, I'm scrolling through okay. the lyrics in my mind. I don't think so. Okay. Because yeah, like, but... the chorus is, you're in my blood like holy wine. You taste so bitter and so sweet. Oh, I could drink a case of you and still I'd be on my feet. There you go. So it's I, the, the wine, the alcohol metaphor 
right. I think is the not only the prevalent metaphor, but the only metaphor. Okay. And what number was that? 26. 26. So almost um, in the top 25. And it's from Blue, by the way, I should mention, right. which is, I think, by far her most famous album. Yes, I would agree. Um, and I, hey, I like Blue, but it's, it's no Gordon Spark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess For the Roses would be the other one, right? Would be the other, you know, kind of big. There's clouds of both sides now. I don't remember. And I have okay. to be honest. I think both sides now is a boring song too. <laughs> it's like, oh, the clouds, oh, life. Like I could see that coming from a mile away. Right. So, and I think uh, but she's that's... just a better songwriter than that. But right. she had but... to go through that in order to become the better songwriter that she became. So I understand and that just as because well. something becomes a hit doesn't mean it's the best thing, right? That's true. Sometimes also, popular, Judy Collins pop... recorded it, and I'm not yeah. really a fan of Judy Collins, so. Her not even voice, her voice? Oh, okay. There you no, go. like especially not her voice. Okay. <laughs> okay I'm not there a, we go. Just, eh. um, but I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of Joni's like really folky period. I gotcha. liked more later when she got into jazz. Okay. Have you ever Have you ever listened to um, um, Don Juan's Reckless Daughter? That is one that I have not listened to yet. You should yeah, check that out. There you go. Okay. Check that out. Okay. It'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. The, so uh, the Rolling Stones were very high on the old list um, mm -hmm. with I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Their highest entry this list is number 13, and it's Gimme Shelter from Let It Bleed. Ooh. So Just listened to that song the other day. And it's a really, it's a really good recording. And once again, we've talked recently about the difference because... I was reading recently in the London Review of Books, sort of a dispute that has broken out about the songwriting processes of the Beatles versus the Stones. And the point that someone made about the Stones, which I think is, is most relevant, is that the Stones made and make great recordings. And the point of their songs, not necessarily that they're compositionally lacking or inferior, but the point is that they sound great when they play them. Okay. Um, do you find <laughs> and it's it, very um, ominous? <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. Very famously ominous. I think is the yes. I think is the term that uh, is used in the description. Yeah. Do you find it surprising at all that uh, Springsteen doesn't show up until number twenty-seven, and uh, Talking Heads, or just, sorry, Talking Heads? don't show up until 28. Well, I'd have to see the songs, so let me look. Okay, right well, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, Born to Run and, and Talking Once Heads, in Once in a Lifetime. Well, that's... Here's the thing about Springsteen. I have not yet gotten deep into the Springsteen catalog because my brain can only handle so many... American singer-songwriter icons at one time. Fair enough. And so I need to, I have been listening lately, pretty regularly, to Manfred Mann's recording of Blinded by the Light. Okay. And so that's kind of which Springsteen wrote early on. And I'm kind of puzzling apart the lyrics. And once again, it's like I can, I can, 
only devote so much energy. It's something that I know I'm going to get around to. It's only a matter of when. All this to say that I can't really speak on it yet. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What about talking heads? One can't speak talking on that. heads. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I can definitely speak on that. I can talk on that all day. Uh, I, I'm not I think the 20s seems like a good place for them because they're not like up there at the very top, but they are more than a little important and have made more than a small impact. And once in a lifetime, I think, is a very intentional choice because once again, and it was released, it was on Remain in Light, which was released in 1980. You know, you you grow up and you seemingly on autopilot inherit all of these things, this beautiful house, this beautiful wife, this way of life. But how did you get there? Gotcha. It it doesn't right. it doesn't feel chosen. It doesn't feel active. And <laughs> And the irony being that it, it almost served as this warning at the start of an era that became about yuppie culture, about Wall Street, senators on cocaine, about consumerism, hyper-consumerism. And so I think that that, you know, warning has only grown more pertinent and more relevant and that it makes sense that that would be showcased prominently on this list also the recording technique is just singular there's no other song that sounds like that there's no other recording that sounds like that all right so in the top 20 the only song that i have absolutely no i'm not even sure i've heard it before is number 20 robin dancing on my own oh yes okay so i mean robin is a force, a, a major pop force at this point in time. And that song, I think, was that song from Body Talk? I think so. Um, it's 2010. Which was 2010, yeah. So that was sort of a revolutionary dance pop record. And a lot of the songs from it have kind of become pop staples, I suppose. Okay. Right. And this right. one, like this one is is in the grand tradition of songs that sound cheerful, but the lyrics are really troubling. Okay. So, yeah, I think, and it's one of her biggest hits. So, yes, I think that this song deserves its place as such. Excellent. All right. Very good. Um, so, uh, you know, real quickly for people, uh, um, I'll just give you the, uh, the, so at number 20, Robin Dancing 20, on yeah. My Own. John Lennon's Imagine at 19, Purple Rain, Prince and the Revolution at 18. Yeah. Queen, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody at 17. Uh, Beyonce featuring Jay-Z, Crazy in Love at 16. Um, the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand, number 15. So uh, not only has A Day in the Life dropped uh, out of the top 10 or whatever, but it's, or sorry, Hey Jude, um, dropping out of the top 10, it's not even, uh, it's not even after, uh, strawberry fields forever. 14, yeah. the kinks Waterloo sunset. I'm uh, so happy thir- that the kinks kind of retained, <laughs> retained yeah. their hold there. Yeah. They're 13, so yeah. underrated. 13 rolling stones. Give me shelter. 12 Stevie wonder superstition. And then number 11, the beach boys. God only knows. Now, do you agree with superstition? 
Um, well, I mean, for me, that you know, I mean, pretty much <laughs> anything Stevie Wonder has done, I could, I could make a case for uh, being yeah. really high. Um, That's the thing. His I, songwriting I, across the board, even the songs that you don't hear a lot, is so strong that because this is superstitions from Talking Book, uh, correct. which was seventy-two. Yes. Correct. And that was at the beginning, I guess, of his just golden run of records. Right. And the other, like, I there are just so many good songs on that album alone. Anyway. Right. And then you yeah, have songs It's certainly one that has received a yeah. lot of cultural saturation. And yeah, right. your favorite is Songs in the Key of Life. Yeah. and But what's amazing is every once in a while on the radio, I'll hear... I just called to say I love you or something like that, right? Yeah, and that's a big radio one. Yeah, because uh, it's it's very popular and it's you know coming kind of warm and fuzzy and all that. And mm -hmm. even that, stop and if you really listen, if you don't just kind of dismiss saying, "Oh my God, it's you know," I just called to say I love you. Um, if you listen, um, what's happening musically and and is is really phenomenal. And you just sit there and kind of go, "Man, that guy's good." So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Stevie Wonder superstition number 12, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, me too. So, the layers, yep. once again, it's, it's a superb recording. Yes. And, and all of this he stuff. He played connected. all of the instruments. Uh, it? it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe not necessarily on this one, but, uh, most of his, most of his records is it's him and, uh, some other people. Right. So. Well, I mean, he got, I read that he got the idea for that one uh, by playing that, by like just kind of jamming on the drums and coming up with that drum part, which then it makes sense that the song, be song begins with the drum part. Right. He was 22 at the time. So. And he was, yeah, he was a child. There you go. Yes. Um, but, you know, Brian was 23. Right. Right. Something about that age. I would need to spend more time with the list to uh, um, say more. So I'm, yeah. I think and I'm done. But I haven't gone through the entirety of the list because I don't have that kind of energy right now anyway. But, I mean, we talked for way longer than I thought we would. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree. I'm glad. Yes. So until next time. Yeah. So until next time, whenever that might be, hopefully sooner rather than later, yeah. this has been Gil. Or this and is this has been, been Cecilia. <laughs> we have been and continue to be your hosts. Go read the list and listen to Dancing on My Own by Robin. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Pod Sounds. We're glad you're here. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. You can find us on Insta at pod underscore sounds underscore podcast. You can find me at cmgiglio, and you can find Gil at cthalfwit. I've been your co-host and producer, Cecilia Gelati. See you soon.